time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. All right, welcome to the Vintage Truth Podcast for another week here. And this is podcast number 97. And I'm very excited uh, that we're heading towards uh, the centennial mark, the 100th podcast here, the Vintage Truth Podcast. And I want to encourage you to um, to tell your friends about this podcast if it means something to you. A couple of things I'd like to ask you to do. Uh, if, if this podcast ministry has made a difference in your life, I'd like to ask you to share it with other people. And if it's uh, ministering to you, uh, to consider to, to support this ministry as little as $8 a month. We have some folks that are supporting this, this podcast ministry uh, for you know $10, $8, whatever you want to do, or nothing. But if you want to help me continue to broadcast these uh, messages of God's vintage truth, then every little bit helps. So if God leads you to do that, fantastic. But for sure, tell other people about it. The Vintage Truth Podcast, now being heard in 34 countries. It's amazing. This is just a God thing, because it's only God that spreads his truth and gets in, into the heart of people. Hey, second quick thing is, um, if you've been uh, paying attention to my Facebook page, my official Facebook page, Jeff Kinley, author, speaker, you've noticed that I posted about a Prophecy at Sea cruise that we have put together for next September. That's September, it's 2019, September 6th through the 11th. And if you'll go to my website, jeffkinley.com, there's a poster there. You can click on, take you right to the website, answer all your questions about this incredible cruise we're taking down in the Caribbean with stops in Costa Maya and Cozumel. And there's going to be a lineup of five of us prophecy speakers that, uh, that, have, that I've put together with uh, Dr. David Reagan and Billy Crone and Don Perkins and Tom Hughes. And uh, it's going to be um, a, a really great time together. So I'm excited about it. And it's very, very affordable. So if you've never been on a cruise, why not go on a prophecy cruise and do all the fun things you do on a cruise and go to great places, but also get some incredible teaching and hang out with us uh, as Bible prophecy teachers. So that being said, I'd like to hop into uh, the topic for today and uh, see how far we go. I want to talk about this whole idea of roller coaster religion. Say, Jeff, what does that mean? Well, if you've ever ridden a roller coaster, you know that it carries with it many, many ups and downs and turns and twists and and places where you don't know what's going to happen next. And there's there's great highs and there's great lows and there's times when you're when you doubt a lot and there's times when you you're glad. And so it involves so many different emotions and experiences. And, you know, a lot of people's walk with Jesus Christ is like that. And for many people they struggle with a sense of consistency. And it's not so much an issue of the sin problem, although I address that when I talk about your worst enemy and I talk about the zombie killer and that whole thing a few podcasts back. But this is just more of an idea of the fact that that we we want to be consistent with God, but we and find that level ground sort of to live on and, and kind of find our center with God. But we find ourselves just kind of, pendulum swinging back and forth and going up and down. And, and it's just, you know, we're like, like you're being tossed on the sea. And, you know, God has done an incredible work in your life. 
if you're a Christian. And he's given you countless built-in spiritual blessings for you to know about and to enjoy. And I've talked about some of those from Ephesians uh, chapter 1. But many of us experience frustration, confusion, as we struggle to maintain a consistent and steady walk with God. One day you're up, another day you're down. One day you're, you're on, man, your game is on, your spiritual game is going great. But then the next day it's like, man, you're swinging and missing. You can't even, you can't even get a hit, you know. And that's the way it is. So I want to talk to you about some of the reasons why and some of the causes that contribute to us experiencing this up and down thing and some ways uh, we'll talk about a little bit later, ways that we can kind of level out a little bit so that we're not experiencing so much turbulence, you know, uh, in our lives. So let me give you some of these causes that I think um, how we can translate, you know, our times with God and our experience with God into everyday life all during the week. So here's here's one cause here. One of the causes that we experience a spiritual roller coaster is because of unrealistic commitments that we make to God. That's one of the reasons. You know, sometimes we'll be in church or we'll you know, read a book or we hear a podcast or we'll hear a speaker or we go on a retreat or a conference or whatever. And we have this experience with God where we feel led to make this commitment to him. And trust me, I was a youth pastor for, well, a long time, <laughs> close to almost 30 years. I was a youth pastor and I experienced so many teenagers making commitments to God that I knew they were not going to be able to keep. They didn't know that, but I knew that. Why? Because I've been around humanity. That's why. And many times they would try to make these commitments to God. And, and so there were some times when I actually talked them out of it. I said, no, it's, you don't need to make that commitment to God because I know you can't keep it. You're not at a level of your spiritual walk where you can keep that kind of commitment. It's like the person who says, I'm going to get up every day and run five miles. Well, that's a worthy goal, but, you know, unless you're kind of predisposed to that or you've already been running or whatever, doubtful you're going to fulfill that promise. You need to work up to it. You need, you need to build the the muscles and the, the stability and the perseverance and the, the training and discipline to be able to keep a commitment like that. So unrealistic commitments to God. We make huge promises to God that we're unable to fulfill. For example, you may say something like this. I'm going to have a personal devotion every day this year. That sounds good. What's wrong with that, Jeff? Well, nothing wrong with that. But maybe you should begin by saying, I'm going to have a commitment to having a devotion for seven straight days. And see if you can do that. Start with the shorter goals and then move to the, to the greater ones. Then try to go a month. Try to go two months. But just to say, you know, I'm never going to miss another quiet time. Probably not going to happen. Or how about this one? I'm going to witness to every single person I know. I'm going to tell all my friends about Jesus. Again, great idea, but maybe unrealistic. Maybe what you should say is, God, who do I care about the most that needs Jesus? And to say, God, now I want to make a commitment to you to sit down and talk to them about their soul, about their eternal destiny. That's what I want to do. Just one person. You, you may find that one person is really hard to do. So that's an unrealistic commitment. 
So you have to consider kind of the reality factor, you know, after you make these kinds of commitments. And what happens is, is that when you make these kind of grandiose promises to God and you fail, then you feel like a spiritual loser. And there goes the roller coaster again. You're going right back down. So setting more realistic goals, I think is more appropriate. And plus it gives you hope that you can actually reach your target and reach your objectives. So don't just, you know, rededicate your life and think that everything's going to be great just simply because you made a commitment to God. There's more to it than just saying, I'm going to do something. All right. So that's one of the reasons why people have these uh, spiritual roller coaster experiences. Here's another one. Another reason we have these, this experience is because of unrealistic expectations about fruit and growth. In other words, many times we expect God to work in our lives right now. It's kind of like we so desire sometimes an experience from God that we think that's the way God works. But it, you know, it's like, it's like a baby wanting desperately to walk. You know, that, that walking is a process. It's something that happens over time. And I have observed and seen in people's lives that God works, does his best work, in fact, over time. In other words, God doesn't just zap you with something. That's what that's not growth. Growth by definition takes place over a period of time. Think of a tree. There's a process when you plant a tree. It grows a little bit and grows a little bit. You know, now some things grow fast, like the grass in my backyard. It grows really fast and I have to cut it every week. But it's grass and it's not people. And God grows people in their character and in their spiritual maturity over time. And when you expect to act and to respond like someone who has been doing this for a long, long time, you really set yourself up for failure. You can't just walk out onto the court and be Kobe Bryant or, you know, uh, Michael Jordan or something. You just can't do that. You can't just pick up a golf club and all of a sudden you're swinging like the guys at the Masters. That's not the way this thing works. There's a process. You can't just pick up your Bible and expect to really understand everything that's in your Bible. There are skills involved for that. And people who have studied it understand those skills and they're there to teach you. That's what that's what the church is there for. But real growth takes place in different ways for different people, but it always takes place over time. You know, you can't rush fruit. I mean, fruit, whether it be apple tree, peach tree, you know, my wife has this garden where we're growing, you know, tomatoes and jalapenos and all these other things. You can't rush that. It doesn't happen overnight. Let me tell you something else about spiritual fruit, by the way. There are some seasons when more fruit appears than other seasons. Hmm. What do you mean by that? Well, what I mean is, is that you don't always grow in proportion to the same way that other people grow or the same way that you've grown in the past because God is doing different things in you. You know, you may you may grow in your sense of, of gratitude and joy and contentment in a certain way, but you may grow in perseverance an entirely different way. 
And that may involve a lot of different experiences. And so there are some seasons where you have a lot of fruit and some seasons you don't have a lot of fruit. That's okay. You're not supposed to be bearing fruit all the time in all kinds of different areas. Sometimes God is doing is deepening you. He's deepening roots in you because the roots determine the fruits, okay? And the more that you spend time deepening yourself in God's word, the more chance you have of producing fruit in the in the future. And 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 by the way, the fact that you're deepening yourself is a fruit in of itself. It's it's the fruit of obedience. And Jesus says, Abide in me and you'll bear much fruit. That whole abiding is the fruit of obedience, and then you produce more fruit as a result of that. Another thing about fruit is that some like some trees, some people bear more fruit than others. I mean, you think, well, gosh, why is that person having so much success in their ministry or in their service or in their effectiveness in serving people? And it just seems like to me there's only one or two people that really even appreciate that I'm alive and that I'm helping out here, that I'm trying to serve Jesus. Some people just bear more fruit than others. But there are areas of your life where you'll, you'll potentially bear more fruit than they will. You know, some, some trees bear different kinds of fruit. You can't compare an apple to a, to a peach tree. That's unfair to the peach tree or to the apple tree. And so we can't compare ourselves as we bear fruit, but we have to give God those expectations. Um, you know, sometimes we have to just to be patient with other people as they're bearing their fruit as well. So we have to make sure that we don't have unrealistic expectations about fruit and growth, about spiritual fruit and growth. So sometimes we're experiencing a low in that roller coaster experience, and here's why. Because we think we should be bearing more fruit or have grown further and faster than we are and that we're currently experiencing. And that's just a that's just a um a misunderstanding about the nature of spiritual fruit and growth. Now Obviously, there are some people who don't bear fruit. They they don't seem to be growing spiritually while you're growing or other people growing. They, they're, not, they're not progressing, spiritually speaking. And Jesus, you know, addressed that uh, in Matthew chapter 13 and uh, in verse 20. Uh, listen to what Jesus says in, in that passage there in Matthew 13, 20. He says this. He says, and the one on whom the seed was sown in the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. By the way, the worst Christians I've ever seen are the ones that are really excited in the very beginning. Those are the ones that 90% of the time don't last. You know why? Because they're basing their experience on emotion. And they're basing their, their, we'll talk about that in a minute, but they're basing their experience on, on just what they're feeling at the moment and not on the fact of what God is saying in his word. But he says, uh, he follows up and he says in verse 21, yet they have no firm root in himself. He has no firm root in himself, but it's only temporary. When affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. Friends, I have seen that as a pastor I can safely say hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times 
where people have come on like gangbusters, man. They're, they're sitting there on the front row, Bible open, notebook out, taking notes, eyes fixated on me as I teach, and yet they're the first to be taken out. They're the first to fall away. So why, why is that? Because, they're, because their, their focus was on the experience and not on really deepening themselves in God's word. So, you know, these people are, are like are like babies who, who, for some reason, have a disease when they don't grow. You know, this is strange and abnormal, by the way. Growth is natural, not growing is unnatural. So you should be growing, but don't always put your expectations on God and say, "Hey, I should be here by now." Let God do the growth. He'll take you where you need to go. If you're focusing on Him, you will grow. And some people are not where they should be by now. But it's not because they're not following Christ. It's because of other things in their life that are keeping them spiritually mature. Well, here's a third one. And we'll close with this one and pick it up uh, on Friday. Another reason why we have these emotional, uh, excuse me, these roller coaster experiences is because of our an unbiblical dependence on emotions. An unbiblical dependence on emotions. Feelings can enhance our worship and experience with God in an awesome way. However, they can also be very deceiving at times as well. Why? Well, obvious. Feelings don't last. You know that. Feelings don't last. You can have a great feeling, but you know it's not going to be there in an hour or tomorrow morning or as soon as you hit some obstacle or problem in your life. The feeling's not there. There's got to be something deeper than a feeling. Something that is more constant, something that is of substance that you can really sink your teeth into. So it's not wise to trust in our feelings or our emotions or sometimes our thoughts concerning our relationship with God. We should we shouldn't feel the need to have a feeling about God. You know, God wants us to walk by faith. Not one time in the Bible does it say to trust your feelings or to walk by feelings. He says walk by faith. Sometimes our faith will be accompanied by incredible emotions. Emotions of awe or gratitude or worship, or love, or compassion, will just be overcome. And other times, nothing, nada, zilch, zero, raw faith. And that's what a lot of the Christian life is. It's raw faith. And if you try to live your Christian life by your emotions, then you're going to be on a roller coaster, my friend, because that's what your emotions are. It's what mine are. Up, down, all around you know, twisting and turning in every way imaginable. So a good rule of thumb is simply you can only trust that your emotions are real only when they're in sync with God's word. In other words, if you're experiencing something based on the word, that's cool. But just, I just, I'm just feeling good about God today. I don't know why. Well, it could be what you had for breakfast, you know. could be just that you're just experiencing, you had a good night's sleep, <laughs> whatever. But those are, those are just some of the causes of 
our roller coaster experience with, with God. And I'm going to cover two more in the next podcast, so don't miss it. And then talk about what are some of the keys to steady, consistent growth in our spiritual lives. We'll talk about that next time on the Vintage Truth Podcast. Hey, I look forward to seeing you then. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Truth Podcast. Please subscribe and share with a friend. For more about Jeff's ministry, go to jeffkinley.com.